Let's take our Bibles tonight and be turning to the book of Revelation, and we're going to be in chapter 18. We're in chapter 17 on Sunday night, and just a few more messages, a few more lessons uh, in this great book of Revelation before we'll wrap this up, and it's, it's been, it's kind of a um, somber kind of um, um, dark reading about the time of the great tribulation and the things that will occur on this earth. The bright side of it is we won't be here, um, but the reality is it's going to be a terrible time on this earth, and uh, we'll see some more about that here in Revelation chapter 18. Um, You know, this really is the It's not the last page of history, human history, but it's the last chapter for sure of the human experience on this earth. As I said, the saints of God were taken to heaven before this tribulation period begins. There will be people saved. We've covered that in a number of lessons, numerous opportunities for people to be saved during the great tribulation, but they'll face great hardship. Many of them will be martyrs. Maybe all of them that are left there will be martyrs, but many of them certainly will. But God is judging the world with righteous judgment. God is just. And, you know, a lot of people make this mistake, even not thinking about end times, but just think about life in general, because God does not judge something today that God might be okay with it. But that's not true. Uh, God doesn't always settle the accounts immediately, but there will be a judgment. And so with the absence of believers, and this is kind of what we talked about um, Sunday evening, with the absence of believers, you've got a world that's possessed of satanic influence and, and great systems that are blasphemous and openly antichrist, governed by the antichrist himself, and we talked about this universal church Sunday night, anti-Christ worshipers, worldwide religion that reject God. And, uh, and tonight we're going to talk about this, the economic system, this one world government will be a part of. So Revelation chapter 18, let's stand together please if you're able to stand and let's look at the first few verses and we'll cover uh, a significant part of this chapter Tonight, Revelation chapter 18 and verse 1, and the Bible says, And after these things, I saw another angel come down from heaven, having great power. And the earth was lightened with his glory. And he cried mightily with a strong voice, saying, Babylon the great is fallen, is fallen, and is become the habitation of devils and the hold of every foul spirit and a cage of every unclean and hateful bird. For all nations have drunk of the wine of the wrath of her fornication And the kings of the earth have committed fornication with her, and the merchants of the earth are waxed rich through the abundance of her delicacies. 
So what we are going to read about tonight really is the collapse of the last day's economy, this worldwide economy that's going to crash. You know, we, we saw some challenging times in 2008 when there was a, um, this uh, real estate bubble and a lot of people went into default, a lot of people who had loans couldn't pay their loans, and it was really a, it was a pretty big deal, especially for people who had money invest, invested in the stock market. And we saw a major sh shift in the economy last year under 2020. I mean, major losses on Wall Street and a lot of things have changed, and we're not over that yet. Those things are still happening. But we're talking to read about tonight about an economy, not just a 20% loss in the value of your stock or market, not just a 50% loss, not just a 90% loss, but a complete collapse of the economic system of the world. It's going to be an amazing thing. And uh, so good news is we'll be out of here. Whatever money we had, it won't matter then. Let's pray as we get into the Word. Lord, thank you for your Word tonight. We pray that you'd bless as we study your Word. Thank you for the fact that we have direction, we have hope. Lord, we, we have a Bible to guide us. We can know not only what's happening in our world today as you work in our lives, but we can have an idea about things in the future. We know that none of us, we've said this many times, Lord, none of us know all there is to know about it, but we know enough about it that gives us hope and gives us joy and gives us concern for the future. And we thank you for these things in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. You know, in verse 2, this, this angel comes and declares to, to John, Babylon the great is fallen, is fallen. Now, in chapter 17, we were looking at an, an ecclesiastical, a, a, a religious Babylon, but there's a distinction, I believe, made, and I really would urge you to kind of try to follow along with this, between an economic Babylon and the religious Babylon or the ecclesiastical Babylon. If you look in chapter 17 in verse 1, we went over this again Sunday evening, it says, There came one of the seven angels which had the seven vials and talked with me, saying, Come up hither and I'll show you the judgment of the great whore. In verse 5, he identified this as, as mystery Babylon the great, the mother of harlots. And there's no doubt that that is a universal worldwide church, a religious system. Well, in verse chapter 18 and verse 1, it says, I saw another angel. So it's not talking about the same angel. It's not talking about the same thing. This is another angel described as an angel, it says in verse 1, having great power. And the earth itself was, in, was lightened with his glory, with the glory of this angelic being. And so this is separate from or addition to the message of Revelation 17.1. So don't be confused because the word, the place Babylon is mentioned in both of them. We talked about this Sunday night. But Babylon really represents all the end times rebellion against God. And we talked about its origin in Genesis at the Tower of Babel. We may refer back to that tonight. But this is an important announcement because it's the fall of Babylon. Matter of fact, if you'd go back to Revelation 14, we mentioned this many weeks ago. 
But in Revelation 14 in verse 8, uh, John says, And there followed another angel, saying, Babylon is fallen, is fallen, that great city, because she made all nations drink of the wine of the wrath of her fornication. So that's mentioned, first of all, in Revelation 14, mentioned again in Revelation 17, we're mentioned again in Revelation 18, and there's more than one. So Babylon is the, this anti-God spirit that has been in existence, as we said Sunday night, since the book of Genesis. Ecclesiastical Babylon, we talked about Sunday night, seems to be centered in Rome, the city on seven hills. This economic Babylon may be centered elsewhere, and uh, some believe it'll be the rebuilt ancient Babylon now in the country of Iraq that was destroyed by the Persians. A lot of people, you've probably heard this, a lot of people believe, and you can see why they believe this as we go through the text, that it could even be New York City because this Babylon is the center, the hub of world trade and commerce. You know, you could look at that and think, well, I could see how New York City could be that place in the world that we live in today. But wherever it is, this, this place we're talking about, this system in Revelation 18, wherever it is, it's like this was place was like the flagship of the world economy. And, you know, if you would have talked to people uh, in my grandparents' lifetime about a world economy, economy that's so connected that all the economies of the world are basically tied together, they would have looked at you like that's not possible that that could be. But that's the world we live in today. And I believe that's the world that we read about here in Revelation 18. And it's going to be a very wicked place. Verse 2 says, It's the habitation of devils, and the hold of every foul spirit and a cage of every unclean and hateful bird. Now I just want to, that's just graphic language to describe the fact that when we're gone, all these systems will be directed by satanic influences. And it's going to be a very evil, evil time. And so if you, if you look at this chapter 18, and let's just back off a little bit and look at it as a whole, you see how it talks about the economic system. In verse 3, the last part of verse 3, it says, The merchants of the earth are waxed rich through the abundance of her, talking about the economic system, Babylon, through her delicacies. So the merchants of the earth are benefiting from this system. They're waxing rich through this system. If you look in verse 11, it says, And the merchants of the earth, this is after uh, she is falling, the merchants of the earth shall weep and mourn over her. If you look in verse 15, it says, The merchants of these things which were made rich by her shall stand afar off for the fear of her torment, weeping and wailing. In verse 17, it talks about international trade. It says, For in one hour so great riches is come to naught. And every shipmaster, talking about the shipping industry, every shipmaster and all the company and ships and sailors and as many as trade by sea stood afar off. And if you look in verse 19 there, it says, uh, 
that great city, around the middle of the verse, that great city wherein were made rich all that had ships in the sea by reason of her costliness. All these terms having to do with merchants and commodities and trade. If you look in verse 23, it says in the middle of the verse there, thy merchants were the great men of the earth. So it's easy for me to look at the whole of that place that, and see this is talking about an economic system. It's talking about commodities. It's talking about international trade. And the, the wicked tentacles of this corrupt system have reached all the nations and kings of the earth. Go back to verse 3. It says all nations, not some nations, not the majority of nations, but in 18.3, all nations have drunk of the wine and wrath of her fornication. And so we can look at that and say, you know, I can relate to this. I can relate to the fact that we're living, witnessing the growth of this global society. And most conservative people uh, look at that with disdain. We don't like it. We would prefer to have our autonomy We'd prefer to have our nationality. We'd prefer not to be so dependent upon other countries. You know, I, was, I rejoiced during the last administration, for instance, when we really were reaching a place of, of uh, independence as far as our country regarding oil reserves. And that's, that's a good place to be. It's a, and, we, and we saw the downside of this during this the COVID outbreak when, when people in countries who hated us really are controlling much, many of the pharmaceuticals and things that this country depends upon. And, I'm just, and so we're all inter, intertwined. Whether we like it or not, it's the world that we live in. And so that's what we're talking about. And really, that's been the mantra of people. If you, we know this for decades. Even so-called conservatives who are calling for a new world order. And that's really where we're finding ourselves. And that's what this is talking about. I'm, I wonder sometimes when I read passages like this, you know, how people in the 1800s and how they could think, how could this ever be that the whole world was connected the way it is? But that is exactly where we live today. You look at the and just look at the economic part of it. The Federal Reserve Bank, the World Trade Organization that are, and it just disturbs, it's disturbing to me. I'm not going to get on my soapbox, but it's disturbing to me that we take our orders from the World Health Organization. That has nothing to do with the economy necessarily. But any, but in, 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 this, the, in the whole Wall Street scene, the investors, a single rumor in another country can send tremors across all the way through our system. I remember several years ago when they kept talking about how Greece, you know, was defaulting on its pensions for its workers, its public servants, and our stock market's tanking because of that. And it's because it's all connected. And uh, we've seen this with covid you know, how it's, how it's been affected. We've seen it, you know, just a few weeks ago. We have this, this ship gets stuck in the Suez Canal and, and, every, and the, whole, you know, the whole world is feeling the impact of it. You know, if you read about the International Monetary Fund, 190 countries are a part of this 
and their purpose. I read their purpose the other day. It's to foster global monetary cooperation. It do, doesn't it just relieve you to know as an American that there are 190 other countries that are having a voice in how our, how, how our money, the worth of our money and how our money's taken care of. And by the way, if they ever, if they ever take away the American dollar, you watch and see how things begin to change. And then, you know, just this again is not about the economy, but look at the cyber attacks. It does affect the economy. That we've, we had a few weeks ago on this pipeline when, when somebody in a, in a country that doesn't like us shuts down a pipeline. It just happened yesterday with what the largest beef uh, producing, beef processing company in the whole world is shut down by somebody in a foreign country. And I'm not saying this just to give us a lesson on current events, but I'm just saying this is a world that is so connected to each other that we're we can't, inextricably, you cannot take apart really this, unfortunately, but that's the world that, that's the world that's going to be especially after, after the Lord comes for us. And these kings we read about, and we're not going to read this verse by verse, but these kings depend upon these merchants, these kings of all these other countries. They're made rich, it says in verse 3. They're made rich through the abundance of this worldwide <coughs> uh, economy. They're, they benefit from it. And they're made, in verse 15, they're made rich by her. So, so they benefit. So really... And I think this is a part of the corruption that we see in our world. These, these world leaders are come to power by supporting this evil system. And they're kept in power by supporting this evil system. <clears throat> and we see this. We're seeing this more and more, I think, in corporations and large businesses. How they get on board with these radical left-wing issues. And they support those, or they, they silence others on college campuses. Conservative voices are silenced. I just read today about um, how a movie that was produced by the AFA, the American Family Association, a very conservative organization, and it's a movie about God's plan for gender, God's plan for sexuality, and Amazon Prime censored it. They won't, let, they won't let give you access to that movie. Why? Because this, it's part of a world system that is not in favor of conservative values. It's not in favor of... These are not just incidental, isolated events. I think it's a part of the whole picture that we see played out for us here in the Bible. So in the midst of that, look in verse 4. We didn't read this. In Revelation 18, 4, in the midst of this... John says, and I heard another voice from heaven. Now he's heard the voice of this angel, loud and bold and clear. But he said, I heard another voice from heaven saying, come out of her, my people, that you be not partakers of her sins, and that you receive not of her plagues. For her sins have reached unto heaven, and God hath remembered her iniquities. Reward her even as she rewarded you, and double unto her double according to her works. In the cup which she hath filled, fill her to her double. So this voice calls from heaven. And who is that voice? It doesn't tell us whose voice that is. 
But I tend to believe because the voice says, my people, when it says in verse um, 4, come out of her, my people, come out of this, this worldly system, my people, that you be not partakers of her sins. And I, I believe that's the Lord speaking, calling his people to be, don't be a part of this. Come out and be separate. Be separate from this last day's world economy. It's a call to separate from the world. And uh, we see that, of course, don't we? And everywhere in the Old Testament, the New Testament, the epistles of the New Testament, this call to separation. Because God is going to judge them. Look in verse 7. How much she hath glorified herself and lived deliciously. This, this anti-God, self-absorbed world system. So, uh, an economic Babylon. So much torment and sorrow give her. She's, she's glorified herself. Give her much sorrow. Verse 7, look at verse 7. For she saith in her heart, I sit a queen and am no widow. I'm a queen, I'm not a widow and shall see no sorrow. In other words, this world system believes that they cannot be stopped. They believe that they're, they have, they're, have great power and great authority, and God is going to judge them. And uh, he will judge them. He will judge the rebellious, and their, the seeds that they've sown, he said in verse 6, reward them as they've rewarded you. In other words, give them some of their own Medicine. I was noticing today, hold your finger here in Revelation 18 and go to the Old Testament book of Isaiah for just a moment. In Isaiah chapter 47, there's very similar language <coughs> as Isaiah was prophesying in the Old Testament era to what we're reading in Revelation chapter 18. Isaiah 47, just a few verses and see if it doesn't sound like what we just read in Revelation 18. Isaiah 47, 1. Come down and sit in the dust, O virgin daughter of Babylon. Isaiah 47, 1. Sit on the, on the ground, there is no throne, O daughter of the Chaldeans. For thou shalt no more be called tender and delicate. And then look, if you would, down in verse 7. And thou saidest, I shall be a lady forever, talking to Babylon, so that thou didst not lay these things to thy heart, neither didst remember the latter end of it. Therefore hear now this, thou that art given to pleasures, that dwellest carelessly, that sayest in thine heart, notice this, I am and none else beside me, I shall not sit as a widow, neither shall I know the loss of children. Babylon's saying, I'm not going to be like a widow. That's exactly what Revelation 18 says that she's saying. That She says, I sit as a queen, I'm no, I'm no widow. And then verse, look at verse 9. But these two things shall come to thee in a moment, in one day. You'll see, you'll see that again here in a moment in Revelation 18. These two things shall come to thee in a moment in one day, the loss of children and widowhood. Both these things will come. They shall come upon thee in their perfection for the multitude of thy sorceries and for the great abundance of thine enchantments. And one of the reasons I point that out is in Isaiah is because 
as we said the other night, this, this Babylon, this system, is not just the Babylonian Empire that conquered Israel and or Judah in, under Nebuchadnezzar. This is a system that has been in place from the beginning of time almost. And Isaiah even wrote about this system using similar language that uh, John sees here. So let's go back to Revelation chapter 18 and notice how this judgment will be swift. Look in verse 8. Therefore shall her plagues come in one day, death and mourning and famine, and she shall be utterly burned with fire, for strong is the Lord who judges her. It's going to happen in one day. Now, if you think, well, one day just probably is a, just a figure of speech. It probably doesn't mean one day. Well, look in verse 10. Standing afar off for the fear of her torment, saying, Alas, alas, that great city Babylon, that mighty city, for in one hour is thy judgment come. And if you look down in verse 17... For in one hour, so great riches has come to naught. This, this worldwide economic system that felt like they could not be hindered, in one hour, all those riches come to nothing. That's an incredible statement, isn't it? They come to naught. Look in verse 19. And they, show, and they cast dust on their heads and cried, weeping and wailing, saying, Alas, alas, that great city wherein were made rich all that had ships in the sea by reason of her costliness, for in one hour is she made desolate. So this great, this, we're, we're talking about the end of the end of times. Now, we haven't had the second coming of Jesus when he comes in great power. We'll see that. We haven't, we haven't had the battle of Armageddon, but that's, we're right on the verge of that. I mean, we're talking about the very, very end, and the kings of the earth, part of the Antichrist, as we said Sunday night, the kings of the earth, they themselves turn on the, this universal religious system, and they destroy it because they used it as much as they could, and they destroyed it. But here, God himself, according to verse 8, strong is the Lord God who judges her. God himself is going to judge this economic system. And all this is built on pride. It's built on lust. It's built on greed. It's built on deception. The whole system is. It's wicked and vile. You know, when, when God wiped out the population of the earth with the exception of Noah and his family, it was because of the wickedness of the earth. And God's going to take us out of here in his own time, whenever that is. And what's going to be left is just a vile, wicked, anti-Christ, anti-God, anti-truth system. And God is going to judge them, and that judgment will be swift. It'll be under a rule of a dictator, the anti-Christ, and in a single day. Just imagine this. Imagine... In one day, that this Babylonian system will be in ruins. And imagine the bystanders, mentioning all these people that are watching this, what they're going to experience. And I don't know how it's going to happen. None of us know how it's going to happen. Could be a nuclear blast. Could be anything. But it'll wipe them out in one day. Verse 9, let's look at that together. Verse 9 and verse 10. And the kings of the earth 
who have committed fornication and lived deliciously with her shall bewail her and lament for her, for this economic Babylon, when they shall see the smoke of her burning. Standing afar off for the fear of her torment, saying, Alas, alas, that great city Babylon, that great city. <clears throat> so it's interesting. The kings of the earth hated the religious Babylon. They destroyed the religious Babylon. But the kings of the earth loved the economic Babylon because they prospered, they benefited, they loved commercial Babylon. And they're shocked as this world that they love disappears. Let's read a few verses beginning, I'm just going to read right real through this in verse, beginning in verse 11. And the merchants of the earth shall weep and mourn over her. Why? Because no man, for no man, buyeth their merchandise anymore. Their trade, their commerce, it's all destroyed. And it, John even itemizes areas that have been affected, the merchandise of gold, of silver, and precious stones, and of pearls, and fine linen, and purple, and silk, and scarlet, and thine wood, and all manner vessels of ivory, vessels of wood, most precious wood, and brass, and iron, and marble, and cinnamon, and odors, and ointments, and frankincense, and wine, and oil, and fine flour, all the things people buy and sell and trade, and wheat, and beasts, agricultural things, sheep and horses and chariots, even people and slaves and souls of men. And the fruits that thy soul lusted after are departed from thee. And that's the point. One of the points that we see here is that all the things that people want, all the things that people live for, their riches, their jewelry, their wardrobe, all the things that people desire are taken from them. All things that were dainty and goodly, in verse 14, are departed from thee, and thou shalt find them no more at all. And so it's all been taken. Um, verse 16, Alas, alas, that great city that was clothed in fine linen and purple and scarlet and decked with gold and precious stones and pearls, for in one hour so great riches is come to not. We mentioned this earlier, the shipping industry, shipmaster, all the ships and sailors and, and um, trade by the sea, all of it's going to be burned up and it's going to be a dreadful, dreadful time. And what's going to happen is God's just going to destroy it. God's going to wipe it all out. If you look in verse 21, John says, and a mighty angel, this is kind of an object lesson, I think, a mighty angel took up a stone like a great millstone and cast it into the sea, saying, thus with violence shall that great city Babylon be thrown down and shall be found no more at all. Like throwing this giant rock into the sea and it just disappears and it's not, it goes, and it's gone. It says there in verse 21, shall not be found no more at all. So this is not just a setback. This is not a minor shock to the stock market. This is not an international trade uh, intermission. It's going to be gone. It's going to be destroyed. It's going to be gone forever, instantly and permanently. So this place, Babylon, is like the nerve center of the world economy. 
it's like it's a it's a it's actually on a on in a harbor. It has to be on a harbor. It has access from ships, and it and it's a city known for its stylishness. You read these different things we see: extravagant wealth, entertainment, all the things that people live for and love. It's like a hub of worldwide shipping and worldwide shopping and worldwide, you know, attraction. And they're gone. It's gone forever. I was just noticing and reading this in verse 22 and 23. Let's just read this. Look in verse 22. It says, The voice of harpers and musicians and of pipers and trumpeters shall be heard no more at all in thee. Silence. And no craftsman of whatsoever craft he be shall be found any more in thee, permanently gone from the earth. And the sound of a millstone shall be heard, the millstone being grinding mill and making uh, food, heard no more at all in thee. In verse 23, And the light of the candle shall shine no more at all in thee. And the voice of the bridegroom and of the bride shall be heard no more at all in thee. Pretty profound language to me. All these things are going to be gone. No more music. No more entertainment. No more craftsmen. No more light. No more marriage celebrations. No more at all. I've never noticed this before, but looking at these, some of these words in, in verse 22, look at the word craftsman where it says no craftsman. That word in our English Bible, craftsman, is translated from a Greek word, technites, T-E-C-H, tech, T-E-C-H-N-I-T-E-S. And the word techni, the Greek word techni, describes a craft, and it's the root of our word technology. You know, the craft of, of, of information, really. And so, so all these things are going to be destroyed. The world system, and this is, this is really one of the things that impresses me about looking at this, is the world system has enticed so many people. The, the desire for things and the desire to be fashionable and the desire to be, you know, to be successful and all these different things, leisure, and sports, and shopping, and travel, and music, and entertainment, all these things that mean so much are just going to be taken away. By the way, those things mean nothing in the life after, right? They just don't. I don't know all that's meant when it says there in verse 23, where it says, the light of a candle shall shine no more at all in thee. I wonder if it's talking about power failures, you know, power grid Failures, that there's the absence of artificial light. Everything's gone. Name brand clothes are gone. Luxuries are gone. Jewelry is gone. And the whole world is mourning for this. It's interesting that in verse 23, the last part of verse 23, a phrase that you've probably focused on or heard focused on before, the last part says, thy source, By thy sorceries were all nations deceived. Now who's sorceries. It's the devils, really. It's, by, it's, the, it's the mastermind behind this world system. Who is the God of this world? It's the devil. 
That's why Jesus emphasized to his disciples over and over and over, we're not of the world. Jesus prayed for us in John 17 that we'd not be of the world. Love not the world, John said, neither the things that are in the world. And, and so it's a warning about the world system. And, and here it tells us in verse 23 that by thy sorceries were all nations deceived. And, you know, that word sorceries, as you probably know, is a word that we think about having to do with witchcraft. And it does have to do with magic or witchcraft. But it also has to do with, with medication, with poison, really, and medication. The pharmakia is the word that's translated there in verse, verse 23 is sorceries. And, uh, and it's just all these different forms of deception has blinded the minds of people. And, you know, if there's anything that really describes the minds of many people today, it's blindness. They don't see anything going on. They don't see anything wrong. You know, this is, this is a wonderful world that we live in. It's always been good, and it's just going to get better. But that's a great deception, isn't it? It's a horrible deception. God's going to burn this world up. I mean, this, this world that means so much to so many people is just going to burn up. And let's close by looking back up to verse 20, which gives us a completely different perspective on what we're reading about. Verse 20 is a verse that stands out by itself. And it says this, Rejoice over her, thou heaven, and ye holy apostles and prophets, for God hath avenged you on her. So after saying in verse 18 that they were crying because this city is being destroyed, the burning of their, their great, great international economic system, in verse 19 they're throwing dust on their heads and weeping and wailing. That great city uh, has become desolate. And what, is, what does God say about those in heaven rejoice over her, thou heaven, and ye holy apostles and prophets, for God hath avenged you on her. What a difference. In heaven, they're rejoicing when this finally takes place, when God finally judges. You know, the viewpoint from heaven is entirely different a lot of times than the viewpoint from this earth. I mean, when God looks, we look around the world, people, worldlings, if I could call them that, earthlings they look around and they this is home i mean this is this they love this they love you know all that it has to offer the entertainment and and all the things it has to offer the identity you know that it gives us but from heaven's point of view looking at the world it's not like this at all it's entirely different and you know what they're rejoicing over because god is finally judging his enemies it's hard for us to relate to that sometimes. We read this in a passage weeks ago, many weeks ago in Revelation, where those who were martyred, those, those souls of those who are martyred in heaven, and they're saying to God, how long are you going to put up with this nonsense? How long are you going to let this slide? And the truth of the matter is, it's only the long-suffering and the grace of God that is merciful to this planet that's turned against God in so many different ways. And so in this hour, they're rejoicing. I can just see them rejoicing 
Because finally, this is something they've waited for. They've waited on God to justly judge. And it's not because they hate the people on this planet. It's because they hate what's behind it. This system that is demonic and satanic and deceitful that is turning people against God. You know, why would the whole population that we read about the other day, why would the whole population be guilty of worshiping the Antichrist, worshiping Satan, and, and killing God's people? Remember we read that in Revelation 17. They're guilty. They're, they're intoxicated with the blood of the saints. They've killed so many people. Why? I'll tell you why. Because the devils deceived them and lied to them. And that's much of the world that we live in. When we, when we see what passes today for entertainment, the corruption, the uh, depravity of it, the ungodliness, how do you explain that? How do, not only do people do it, but as Romans 1 says, people have, others have pleasure in those that do it. You know why? Because the devil has deceived them and blinded them about what's really truth and what's really good, what's really right. And I think, I think it's a good reminder for all of us that this world is not our home. We don't belong here. We're, we're looking for a city whose builder and maker is God. This world is not our home. And if, you, if we live, if a person lives for this world and this world only, they're living for a failed system, a flawed system. They're looking, they're living for a system that is governed and orchestrated by satanic influences. That's the world system. That doesn't mean that every vehicle and every person and every you know, thing in this world is vile and evil, but the system itself is a, a wicked system. It's an evil system. And um, so God's going to take care of them. How long is it going to take God to do this? It's going to take him days or weeks or months or years. Very clear, over and over and over and over. It's going to take him one day. In an hour, it's going to be gone. <laughs> when God takes care of something, God takes care of it, doesn't he? And he's going to take care of it. And I believe we're going to be on the other side watching this. Seeing, that's why they're rejoicing. They were seeing it. And, you know, there was, a, there was a place in here, I, don't, I didn't really emphasize this, but there's a place in here where it talks about, like in verse 23, it says, Thy merchants were the great men of the earth. As I was thinking about that today, I was thinking about all these, you know, these oil tycoons or these big tech giant. These are big, great men in the earth. And you know what? They depend on this system. They live for this system. This system provides for them. This system blesses them. This, but you know what? In that day, in that age, they're going to be nothing because God's going to take care of them. Amen? Amen. I'm glad we're on the winning side. If you're here tonight and you're not saved, you can't find much joy and pleasure in thinking about the other side because you don't know that you're going to be going there. But I'll tell you, you can settle that matter tonight. By turning to Christ. Amen. One thing I pray that these lessons 
from the book of Revelation does, it, it makes us, number one, glad we're saved. Number two, it makes us conscious of the fact that there's a world out there that's deceived and needs help and needs the gospel. And if a person sits here and they're not saved, they ought to be anxious and concerned about that. What's going to happen? You say, well, i got plenty of time. You don't know that. The, the very God who can wipe out a worldwide economic system in one day can take every one of us off this planet as fast as you can bat an eye. God can do that. And for those who've rejected the gospel, I personally believe when those who've rejected the gospel, they won't be given another opportunity to be saved during that time. Let's bow our heads together tonight. With our heads bowed and our eyes closed, would you just think tonight, and I know some people might think, well, this is going to happen in the future. It doesn't really affect us. We won't be around. But as I said Sunday night, God put it in the Bible. God put it in the Bible that we would be aware of it, that we would learn from it, that we would live differently because of it. Our Father, as we pray this evening, we thank you, Lord, for this portion of Scripture. And as God, as we just meditate upon it and think about it, that this whole world, since you placed Adam and Eve in the garden, and since there was that first sin and then that rebellion at Babel, that there's been this spiritual conflict going on and we can see it as evil as just crescendoing growing in our world that one day it's going to come to a climax and father we're glad that you're righteous and just and father we rejoice that one day you're going to you're going to settle the score and you're going to deal with the world system that's corrupted so many people and defiled so many. And so, God, we just honor you tonight. We honor your word. We honor you as King of kings and Lord of lords. And we thank you for a book that we can read and study and think about and in our own mind visualize what the future looks like. God, may it create an urgency in all of us to do what we can while we can to rescue people that are headed to their eternal destruction if they don't find the truth. 